are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? The always wonderful and charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design for today's show. We got a jam-packed show. As always, we are discussing a certain D-backs player who is reportedly in trades and could be moved to the Chicago White Sox. I want to talk about the MLB starting their crackdown on foreign substances, and then I want to wrap it up with a Carson Kelly uh, discussion. He is injured. He's going to be out for a while, so I just want to look at his numbers and just you know, talk some talk some positivity about Carson Kelly because he was one of the bright spots on this team, and now he's going to be out for a, a while. So uh, we got a whole bunch to talk about. But as always, join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past, featuring exciting guest interviews. Routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Locked On MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all right, all right. Let's discuss the player that could be moved to the Chicago White Sox, and that is Eduardo Escobar. And recently, uh, seems like. The news, the rumors with Escobar is heating up, and this is going to be happening for a lot of D-backs pretty soon as we get closer to that MLB trade deadline because the D-backs have a lot of players that could be moved, a lot of veterans in that starting lineup, a lot of veterans in that rotation that could be moved. You could look at a guy like Steven Vogt, Cole Calhoun, Merrill Kelly, I mean, maybe a Nick Ahmed, David Peralta, pretty much anyone 32 and older could be moved uh, off this D-backs team by the trade deadline. So we might see a whole new roster, a real young rush of young talent after this deadline. But until we get there, we got to wait. We got to wait and see what plays out right now. Looks like Eduardo Escobar might be first on the chopping block. But the crazy thing about Escobar is he actually left yesterday's game after four innings with a tightness in his right quad they're calling it a right quadriceps strain as you guys are listening to this uh it would have been tuesday maybe you're listening to this on tuesday but this is coming out tuesday before uh, i'm recording this before the brewers game on monday night and so right now escobar is out for tonight's game monday's game with that quadriceps strain still available off the bench so it's obviously something that is you know hurting him right now but because of this deadline coming up, they might just keep him out a little bit longer out of precaution to make sure you don't damage the product because right now, Escobar is an asset and the D-backs are going to try to get something back for him. And that, that's probably going to be the, the direction the D-backs move in. It's probably going to 
be a, a time to keep building up that farm system. I was looking at MLB.com today. I think that four or five guys in the top 100, according to MLB top prospect rankings, Corbin Carroll, Christian Robinson, Geraldo Perdomo, and Alec Thomas. So I believe just four guys in, in the top 100. So the D-backs have a pretty nice farm system, considered a top third farm system, and probably uh, by you know probably by consensus by most guys who do those kind of rankings and. Escobar is a guy who could net something back, uh, probably nothing, probably not a, a top five prospect in someone's organization, but maybe the 15th best prospect in someone's organization. I could definitely see that happen for Eduardo Escobar. And right now, the, the team that seems to be likely to get Eduardo Escobar is the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Escobar is in the final season of his three-year $21 million deal. He's getting paid seven and a half million in 2021 so it's not like he, he's getting paid a ton of money uh so seven and a half million for a guy like eduardo espar i think would be a great move for uh the chicago white Sox, and uh a big reason why you see the white Sox potentially making this deal is because they just lost their second baseman Nick Madrigal, who just underwent season-ending surgery. So the White Sox, who are having a pretty good season. Actually, let me pull up the MLB standings to see uh, exactly where they are in the standings. Uh, American League East, no. Oh, they're in first place, which I suspected, of course, because I'm, a, because I'm an expert when it comes to baseball. But White Sox in first place, 43-29. and 29. And someone like Escobar could be a big boost to their lineup. You got Nick Madrigal out for the season now and Escobar uh he's having you know a bounce back season from last year it's still a pretty up and down for a season for Escobar because he's still not hitting for average only 240 this guy was a 270 hitter pretty much his first couple years in Arizona only 240 this year and that OBP is just absolutely disgusting 288 right now but it's only 307 OBP guy for his career so it's not like that's even that high and his OPS right now is actually slightly above his career average so He's having a bounce back season right now. He's considered a league average hitter. Still got 15 home runs. Still got 45 ribbies. So the dude could still be a producer in that number five hole, number six hole. He can even back clean up for you if you need him. Uh, if you need him to. The biggest thing that that's really going against Eduardo Escobar was the fact that he only has a 6.4% walk percentage, which is a big reason why his OBP is only 288 right now. I think some of that is because uh, I, I think he's just swinging at the ball a lot more. He has a career high in hard hit percentage at 35% this season, but he also has a career high in strikeout percentage at 22%, and if you look at his weak ball percentage, that's also career high how often he hits it not that hard, considered weak by StatCast, 5.2%, uh, so career high in hard hit percentage, career high in a weak percentage, career high in a lowest or career low in walk percentage, career high in strikeout percentage. The dude is just swinging away at the plate. And that's why I believe his slugging has taken a dip when he's facing breaking balls and off speed pitches, because I think this guy just going out there and trying to swing at anything that's near the strike zone. And maybe that's a bad way to phrase it because his numbers actually suggest he's not 
swing at the ball more. His percentage of balls he's swinging at outside the strike zone is actually below his career percentage of 37.2%. It's only at 32.9% this season. The times he's swinging at balls within the strike zone, only 70.3%, slightly above his career percentage of 69.8%. Really, the key is he sw- it, it, the percentage of contact he makes at pitches within the strike zone is way below his career average, and it's the worst mark of his career. 83.9% of the time, he makes contact with a pitch that is a strike. That is below his career average of 87.3%. So if he's making less contact on pitches within the strike zone, uh, that's a big reason why he's striking out more and not walking as much because he's actually swinging at strikes. But but because it's the worst contact percentage of his career of pitches within the strike zone, that's going to automatically raise his strikeout percentage. And when he is making contact, that could be the reason why the contact is not as strong as usual because he's not as good as making contact this season, which will lead to weaker contact overall. And plus, if you're swinging at strikes and not making contact and striking out more, uh, that's a big reason why you're not walking as much because you're actually swinging at strikes within the strike zone and not using it to get on base. If you're creating more outs because of the the least amount of contact you have, because I bet you if you make his his contact percentage what it was with his career, his OBP probably goes around 300. Remember, he's only a career 307 OBP guy. So if it's at 280 uh, plus right now, if he has a better contact percentage, then that OBP probably does go around 300. So Really, the biggest issue with him is that he's not making as well as contact with balls thrown in the strike zone, and that's a big reason why I see his strikeout numbers up and his weak percentage uh, numbers up as well. But hard hit, still killing it, still got the power and the pop. He's just not as good of a consistent hitter. He's more of a boom-bust kind of player. So in the American League, where you could use him as the DH, we could use him as a second baseman. That would be great for the White Sox. And Escobar is a guy whose uh, career actually started with the uh, White Sox when he was traded as part of that Francisco Liriano deal uh, with the Twins back in 2012. He was traded to the White Sox in his first 45 big league games was in a White Sox uniform. So this would be a little bit of a homecoming reunion for Eduardo Escobar. So as a D-backs fan, I mean, I love Escobar. Uh, Fogo power, we all believe in his uh, raw talent. But these last couple seasons have not been uh, super fun to watch as a D-backs fan. Uh, Escobar hasn't been that great, and the D-backs team has been absolutely atrocious. So if the D-backs could get a decent prospect back for Eduardo Escobar, I'm probably making that move. Now we'll talk about MLB finally cracking down on foreign substances with a big-time player today, and he plays for the New York Mets. But first, let's talk about Freshly because stressed, tired, just don't feel like cooking, Food that's fast, that doesn't have to be fast food. Freshly offers quality meals without the hard work of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. Freshly offers chef-made nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door. No cooking required. Grocery shopping and cooking can be a pain, especially right now. And with Freshly, you don't have to. Your meals arrive cooked and fresh every week, so you can keep your fridge stocked and skip the trip to the store. Right now, 
Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash LockedOn. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash LockedOn for $40 off your first two orders. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOn for $40 off your first two orders. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diverse, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets. You can get your first 5000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockdownMLB. To get your first 5000 managed for free, for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockdownMLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockdownMLB. To start growing your savings, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockdownMLB and get started today. Let's get back into the pod and let's discuss the MLB cracking down on foreign substances because we saw the first instance of it today with the New York Mets game. The umpires had to come out and do a little pat down, a little TSA pat down on Jacob DeGrom, checked his glove, checked his belt, and the MLB is playing no games when it comes to foreign substances. If you get caught, you will be suspended with pay for 10 days. Let me say that again. Suspended with pay for 10 days. And right now, pitchers will be inspected after innings when they come out of the games. Umpires will have the chance to inspect any pitchers they believe are uh, suspected of using. And MLB teams plan to ask umpires to check for pitchers. So any teams going against Trevor Bauer, let's say, uh, will probably tell the umpire to go check his stuff uh, because they probably believe, I mean, uh, Trevor Bauer has been pretty open uh, that that he uses some sort of sticky stuff. I mean, if you guys haven't seen the spider tech videos, go watch them. They're absolutely insane on how sticky it is. And right now, this is going to be an interesting time in baseball with to see how it affects the sport because Tyler Glass now has said that putting this crackdown on foreign substances and sticky stuff in the middle of the season will increase injury. He directly attributes his injury to the to the fact that he all of a sudden has to change his grip and, and the his basically routine. And now even using sun, uh, a sunscreen rose in combination during the day is not allowed and it's crazy what what's uh what's happening in baseball i mean they're the mlb is being serious when it comes to this crackdown and some people are upset that it's happening two months into the season but according to baseball they want to make sure they had all the data gathered before they had this crackdown on baseball and i want to see if it actually helps the sport at all because uh, we need to get the offensive numbers up. I believe this season's a little bit of an outlier because I believe if you look at the five previous seasons in terms of average and just overall offensive numbers and compare it to, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I don't think they're that crazy. Uh, the offensive numbers outside of this season, I, I think if you look at the five previous years, 
Those averages are probably right along with what they were 15 years ago. But this season has been so wild. I think it really skews our perspective on how crazy pitching has been this season. Because let's not make a mistake. There's a big gap between pitching and hitting this season. Batters are getting absolutely dominated by pitchers this season. I have beaten this point on the pod a lot of times, but the league-wide strikeout rate is basically the same as Nolan Ryan's for his career. So pitchers this season are basically striking out dudes like Nolan Ryan, and that's not supposed to happen. The league average fastball this year is like 97 miles an hour or something. It's something ridiculous. I mean, go look at DeGrom's average fastball velocity in his starts. Against the D-backs, I believe it sat between 99 and 100 miles per hour. In the game today, Jacob DeGrom, through 99, 100, and 101, I believe, to, to strike out uh, Ronald Acuna to start the game. And I, I think cracking down on foreign substances will help, you know, hopefully help close the gap between pitchers and hitters because I think a lot of these pitchers are basically using the, the, the sticky grip as the new age steroids for uh, pitchers. And I'm fine with keeping sticky stuff in the game if batters are allowed to use steroids. If not, let's get it back to even because I'll rather see a batter and a team smash 12 runs and hit four home runs and see it, a no-hitter every week. I, I don't think no-hitters are that fun. Uh, seeing your pitcher dominate when it's your team is fun, but as a, a team of another, uh, uh, watching it you know, as a casual fan, if I was to turn on a Padres-Dodgers game, I don't want to see one of those two, two teams get no-hit. I want to see... Uh, I want to see fireworks. I want to see Tatis hitting home runs. I want to see Mookie Betts hitting home runs. I don't want to see a Clayton Kershaw versus you Darvish pitching duel. Those games aren't that fun. That's what we've seen too much outside of the D-backs this season. But what's really interesting about the Major League Baseball, not the Major League Baseball, but Major League Baseball cracking down on foreign substances, on June 5th, Buster only reported that major league umpires would begin strictly enforcing the use of foreign substances within weeks. At that point, the league-wide slash line was 237, 312, and 396. The strikeout rate was 24.2%. Over the next 14 days, the league-wide slash line rose to 248, 320, and 416, while the strikeout rate dropped to 23%, so not that big of a difference, but the average RPMs on fastballs during that time was 2316 from April 1st to June 5th. It dropped all the way to 2260 from June 6th to the 14th. So the RPM drop, you're not going to see that big of a difference in terms of the fastball behavior. It won't be that big of a difference to the batters, but it is the biggest drop in RPMs over a two-week rate this year. So so clearly, there is some correlation between baseball coming out and announcing they're going to start cracking down and offense actually getting better. And as the season moves on, as this actually starts getting forced and every pitcher has to worry about getting suspended with pay, might I add, then I think we're going to start seeing these numbers rise more and more over the course of the season. I think eventually they will plateau, but I think pitchers are starting going to start getting hit a little bit more. I'm not saying the Jacob DeGroms of the world are all of a sudden going to be mortal because not everyone uses sticky stuff. DeGrom doesn't seem to be using sticky stuff. He went out there and dominated today, but 
Trevor Bauer, maybe he does come down a little bit and he's not the Cy Young guy we saw last year. Maybe a guy like Garrett Cole. Uh, I think he's still a stud, but maybe he looks a little bit more mortal than what he already does. Hopefully, uh, this helps the D-backs out, win some games. But as I said before, the D-backs are going for the all-time losing streak, and I hope they get it. Now, we'll shine a little light on Carson Kelly before we talk about his injury and what it means for the D-backs. But first, did you know Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors? They got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There is a flavor for everyone. And the reason why I love Built Bars is because I'm a health conscious guy. I try to go to the gym when I can and Built Bar tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, but it's high in protein and it's high in fiber. So it's great for that keto diet. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now, they reset their promo code for this relaunch. If you use promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Let's get back into it and let's discuss Carson Kelly because Carson Kelly fractured his wrist over the weekend and then and replacing him Dalton Varsho the young stud catcher for the D-backs is being called back up and so is Josh Van Meter because Kevin Ginkle was optioned to AAA over the weekend as well and just such a sad case with Kevin Ginkle who was one of the bright spots in 2019 and has really fallen from grace uh over these past couple of seasons he just has not looked good in 2020 or 2021 but Carson Kelly suffered a fractured right wrist after being hit by pitch from Dodgers Walker Bueller uh on June 20th and uh it would just or excuse me on June 19th and man it, it just I don't even know what to say I mean Carson Kelly has been one of the bright spots of this team this season when me and Ben Caspic of Lockdown Giants did our all-star ballots last week, we both had Carson Kelly as a reserve, and mine was, you know, rooted and a little biased, but I think it was also factual. I think Carson Kelly has been good enough to be a reserve this season, and his numbers have taken a little bit of a dip recently. He, he's cooled off just a little bit over the last 28 days. Carson Kelly's only batting 171. He was uh he had 12 hit 12 hits in his last 70 at bats in his last 22 games played. But even with that little mini slump that Carson Kelly had, he was still batting 260 on the season. Still had a crazy OBP. The dude still wasn't striking out, even though the hitting uh didn't it wasn't as consistent as it was to start the year. Still only had 38 strikeouts to 28 walks. Still out of 460 slugging, 845 OPS. 132 OPS plus this guy was still a stud still eight home runs and still on pace for 
his best season in the D-backs uniform. I mean, 26 ribbies in 50 games. I think he probably would have passed the 47 ribbies he had in the 111 games in 2019. I think he probably would have been a 23, 24 home run guy this season. But now, uh, that's just not going to happen for Carson Kelly as we await to see how severe the injury is. Uh, we still don't know. He was placed on the 10-day injured list, uh, but he, he's more than likely to get moved to the 60-day because right now it seems like he's going to be out through the All-Star break. And uh, it's just another sad season for the Arizona Dimebacks who seem to be really working towards something in 2019, but that's just not the case anymore. 2020 was an awful year, but we tried to chalk it up to the pandemic, the COVID year, uh, so many weird things, so many things in fluctuation. You had uh, guys like Ketel Marte not being able to hit. Madison Bumgarner looked like the worst signing in MLB history. Now we get to 2021. Not much has changed. Eduardo Escobar has had a little bit of a bounce back season, but he's still not that guy we saw in 2019. Ketel Marte looks like that guy from 2019, but he's only played in half the games. Carson Kelly was finally back and living up to the expectations we had for him, but Bumgarner, he was up and down. No Zach Gallen. Luke Weaver was a wild card at best, and he got hurt. Taylor Widener was another bright spot. He got hurt. So many injuries on this team. The D-backs have had as many players on the injured list as they've had wins this season. 20 dudes have been on the injured list this season. The D-backs had 20 wins on the year, and Carson Kelly was really an anchor among this group. Of young D-backs players, when you look at a Carson Kelly, a Ketel Marte, a Josh Rojas, a Paven Smith, uh, Carson Kelly could say was the anchor of that group. Maybe Ketel Marte is the best player, but he's a little bit older than the rest of those guys, I think. Well, actually, let me see real quick. I mean, Carson Kelly's 26, so he's about a year and a half younger than Ketel Marte, but all those guys are in the same mix. And you can say Carson Kelly is the anchor of that as a catcher. He has a, a great impact on the game as what he does with the pitching staff and when you're a catcher that can hit the way that Carson Kelly does it's not a surprise why uh, some people uh, around the D-backs why some people around baseball will consider Kelly maybe the anchor of that, uh, of that young group at least definitely in the core of D-backs players that can't be traded this MLB trade deadline and now he really won't be traded with this injury and Carson Kelly's numbers, we already talked about the traditional numbers, but hard hit percentage, he led the team in a hard hit percentage. This was a guy who was doing some phenomenal stuff. Barrel percentage, uh, anything you want to look at with hard contact rate, Carson Kelly was having a phenomenal season. He was making contact at an extraordinary rate. His overall contact percentage of balls within the strike zone 84 to 84.2% uh, making contact overall on 76% of the pitches. He's still not great at making contact outside the outside of the strike zone, but anything within the strike zone, Carson Kelly has been crushing. And one of the reasons why he's not making uh, a lot of contact that pitches outside the strike zone is because he doesn't swing a lot of times outside the strike zone. Only 26% of the time does he swing at balls outside the strike zone, which which is one of the lowest on the D-backs team. Carson Kelly has been really patient at the plate this year, really disciplined at the plate, and it's sad to see him go. Now, maybe uh, I'm hoping Dalton Varsho can step up to the plate and kind of have a breakout season and show uh, the D-backs that he can be a potential 
offensive stud. Uh, it doesn't seem like he really has a shot at being the catcher of the future for the D-back just because Carson Kelly has shown a lot of promise in 2019 and 2021. But that doesn't mean Dalton Varsho can't be a corner outfielder. I mean, they're using Ketel Marte in center field. Maybe Dalton Varsho could be a one-day center fielder. I mean, look at Mookie Betts. He's a former second baseman, so really anything is possible. But this is Dalton Varsho's time to shine right now, and I'm hoping he can do it. He's shown a lot of promise to the minor league level. Hasn't really done it a ton on the major league level. I like the way his body is. I think he's a big, strong, athletic catcher. That's not something you really see. I don't think Stephen Vogt gives us much outside of veteran presence and leadership and working uh, and managing a staff. So I want to see as much Dalton Varsho to see what he has and see what kind of potential he has. But regardless, losing Carson Kelly was a huge blow for the D-back psyche and just for the joy of watching this team because he was one of the only reasons why I was turning on the D-backs every day. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!